Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired, armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own from my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Hey friend, welcome back to this episode of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I am honored to have a very, very special guest, Corinne Crabtree. Corinne was on my list of dream podcast guests that I made when I first started this podcast. And here we are today with Corinne live and in the flesh on this podcast. And I'm so freaking excited to have you listen to our interview. Corinne is somebody who has made a huge difference in my life and about 14,000 other women's lives as well. And I would actually say probably over a million and I'll, and we'll get to these statistics in a minute, but she has made such a difference in my life. And for those of you who may or may not know, I recently have kind of undergone a, a weight loss journey and have lost over 25 pounds over the past couple of years. And I have Corinne to thank her tools, her school, her coaching to thank, to help me get to where I am, along with the hard work that I've decided to put in. But they say when when you're ready, the teacher will appear. And Corinne appeared in my life just at the right time, where I was, where I was at my my largest size, my my biggest size, my biggest my highest weight ever. And I no longer liked the person that I saw in the mirror. And I knew something had to change. And I knew what I was trying to do on my own, alone, going it alone, wasn't working. So Corinne and her program appeared. I enrolled. I did a lot of hard work and I continue to do the work and I will continue to be doing her work probably for the rest of my life because it works. I haven't had to cut on a single calorie, a single point, cut carbs or eliminate any type of food. I have changed my body by changing the way I think. So Corinne is going to walk through today a little bit about her, her a couple of tools that she uses and her tools don't apply necessarily to just weight loss. These are tools. There's one one tool she's going to walk through. It's my favorite one that you really can apply to all areas of your life. And this comes to changing the way you think. And she's going to give you a formula on how to catch those nasty little thoughts that our brains love to serve up. So I, I currently, and just for you know full disclosure, I currently work with one of the coaches that Corinne has on her team. Her name is Lisa and she and I have one-on-one sessions every single week. Lisa is the person I work with to get that dedicated, customized coaching that's just for me, where I can ask her anything. We walk through anything that's going on in my life and she helps me get out of my own way. So I have nothing but love for Corinne and everything she's created and built. And for the coaches, specifically Lisa, who's on her team, I have so much gratitude to both of the, these incredible women for helping make an impact on my life. And I hope by listening to this podcast, Corinne will also make an impact on yours. So let me just tell you a little bit about Corinne. I'm going to read you her bio, but it's it's a good one. So you're going to want to just listen to this before we get into the episode so you can just really understand where she's come from and how accomplished she truly is. So Corinne is a master certified weight 
and life coach with a mission to help every woman break down generational curses in order to improve their personal health and wealth. Crin herself, she lost 100 pounds 15 years ago and never since. She's dedicated her life to teaching women how to do the same. She's one of the leading voices in weight loss and and in the business industry. And she is the host of a wildly successful podcast herself called Losing 100 Pounds with Crin. Her podcast has been downloaded over 50 million times in 160 countries and over a million women have taken her free weight loss course and Corinne now serves over 14,000 paid members in her no BS weight loss program. So I first took her free download course and now I am a regular monthly member, paying member in her no BS weight loss program. That's the program that's changed my life. After being a featured expert in the Life Coach School and having her business rank 1,052 in the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing businesses of 2022, Corinne founded the No BS Business Women's Membership. This program provides online entrepreneurs with simple frameworks, tools, and focus they need to take action to build the business of their dreams. And in addition, Corinne offers advanced weight loss life coach training for coaches, dietitians, and medical professionals who want to improve their clients' weight loss outcomes. You can find Corinne on Facebook and Instagram talking shit about the diet and online marketing industry. And her greatest passion is helping women get rid of their old shitty thoughts by using self-love to never quit on themselves again. And I can truly attest that Corinne does just that in her program. And that that's what's helped me just move forward in so many areas of my life. So Corinne's tips and tools, you don't need to be a woman who wants to lose weight. You don't have to be here because you want to learn about weight loss. The tools that she's going to walk through in the podcast are applicable to all areas of life. And so no matter what stage you are in, I highly recommend you listening to this episode and listening to the tools and the the formula that she'll walk you through and giving it a try in your own life. Trust me, it's now the way I tackle most of my negative thoughts. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Corinne Crabtree. Welcome, Corinne, to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. You've been a huge mentor in my life and a huge just thought leader in terms of the way I've built my business, the way I think about myself now, and all of the changes I've gone through over the past two years of my life, just being part of your program. So I'm very excited to have you here to have you share your knowledge, your wealth of knowledge with my listeners and to just, you know, I appreciate you giving your time. So why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So I am Corinne Crabtree. I have a podcast called Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. And when I was growing up, I was really overweight. I started having a weight problem at the age of nine and just struggled going up and down the scale. I never I never hit a goal weight ever, but I could go from 250 to about 175 like it was like my like my life depended on it. <laughs> and then it was just a long road. Like I was bullied in high school and all kinds of things and it felt like like my weight was going to be the struggle of my life. Cut to my early 30s and I had a son and he was about a year old and there was this one day he wanted to play. I couldn't do it. I was too tired. I was just so overweight that by 10 a.m. in the morning, I was physically exhausted, but more importantly, I was mentally exhausted with myself. Like I spent most of my days thinking about what was wrong with me and that I wasn't a good mom for being so overweight. And so I just had all this load on me. 
And that day when I realized I couldn't even like handle my child at 10 a.m., I knew I was going to have to change something. And so I started on a mission for myself, for nobody else. But well, I did it for him too. I really wanted something different for him. But I was like, something's got to change. And that means that I need to change. And so I just started making really small incremental changes into what I was doing each day. Like instead of sitting on the couch all day long, I would get up and be like, all right, today I'm going to walk for 15 minutes and we're going to do 15 minutes every single day because I know humans can do that. Like I had no, it's not like I was like had a broke leg or something. I just had to like not get motivated to get off the couch. I had to learn how to get off the couch because I knew I could. Like I didn't have to want to and I didn't have to like be excited about it. I just needed to prove to myself, there are things you can do to help yourself every single day. So every day I would wake up and I'd ask myself, what can you do that today that's just a little bit better than yesterday? in an effort to finally lose my weight. And it took about 18 months of lots and lots and lots of slow incremental changes. But after 18 months, not only had I lost my weight, but I actually liked the lifestyle that I built. I had done diets in the past where I could make myself lose 75 pounds, but there would be a point where I'd just be like, I just need a break. Like, I just, you know, I can't wait to get enough weight off where I can just, you know, eat things I like again. Well, this time I didn't do any of that. By the time I'd lost my weight, I was eating things that I liked. And I was eating things I liked in a way that I could lose weight and maintain weight. I had learned how to talk to myself. And so when I lost weight, I had no reason to go anywhere but forward with my life. And then I just decided I want to teach other people how to do that because I don't think that there's enough of us that learn that in weight loss. We just learn how to lose weight at all costs, including our mental and emotional health. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't want anybody to ever have to do that again. And since I had kind of cracked that code, I wanted to teach other people how to do it. Well, I can say from personal experience, you have cracked that code. I, having been in your program for two years and no diet, no calorie counting, no points, no all of that other BS, I have successfully lost 23 or 24.6 pounds. I'm almost to 25 just by changing the way I think and the way I talk about myself and talk to myself. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you, t- I don't think when I, when I was growing up, I didn't have those tools. And I don't know if anybody magically wakes up with the tools that you teach and if they do lucky them, but that was not me. And so I just love the tools that you teach us that are really, like you said, everyday, small habits, incremental steps. You use the word doable all of the time. Mm-hmm. And and those are the, the themes that I think have, have made me successful. And have, I've been able to apply in other parts of my life in addition to just losing weight. So I guess when I first met you, or when I first knew, learned about you, I was at Amy Porterfield's Entrepreneur Experience Conference in San Diego. Gosh, I, I swear to God, she and I were talking about that the other day. That is hilarious. Really? It yes. Was- and now my, my team, like my team was really small then. We have like 27 of us now. And all, me included, five of us went. <laughs> when, was that most your team? Yeah. That was the whole team. It the was team. Me, Mary Jo, Betsy, Kathy, and Sadie. We were all there. <laughs> well, that was my first foray into Crin Crabtree. And you got on stage and you were talking to Amy. And I was like, 
who is this woman? I need to know her. I need to like learn more about her. I, I just was very, something that you said on stage and I, I don't even recall exactly what, but just clicked. And, and I just knew that like there was something there and I needed to learn more about you. So I thank you for, for just being there and, 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 and reaching, reaching me. So I wanted to pivot just a little bit into just as, as we think about weight loss and applying kind of your, your methods and your, your methodology and tools to careers, my audience is women in tech. And I think one of the things that the technology field is lacking is women leaders in technology. And, and there's many reasons, but one of the key themes that I see stand out as I talk to many women in the field is lack of confidence or not really going after what we want because we talk ourselves out of it. We talk ourselves like, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not experienced enough. And it, this goes beyond imposter syndrome. But one of the things I've learned from you is just changing the way I talk to myself. And you've given very specific tools to help us get out of the way that we talk to ourselves and learn new habits. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could just talk to, maybe we could run through like a scenario around like, hey, I'm not going to go for that promotion because I don't think I'm experienced enough. There's more people more qualified than me. What would you say to that person? Well, I would tell them the truth is there probably is people more qualified than you. So what? Like, is that like, I love the way that we think that that's like, well, that's a legitimate reason. Well, then I better not. It's not a legitimate reason. Like, like they may be more qualified in certain things, but there may be things that you bring to the table that are unique. Have you even thought about those things? Like we sometimes that we wanted to like, it is true. Like, so when we think about like, there are more qualified people than us, that's just true. That's all, that's a universal truth in anything that we do. So I don't like to tell my clients, like, like I like to tell them, let's just admit the truth. That's true. But what else is equally as true? It's Mm. equally as true is that for every experienced person who has more experience than you, there may be unique qualities that you bring to the table that an employer may override experience for. Find those and let's focus on that. How can you weave that into your, your you know, interviews and stuff? As a person who has literally interviewed at least 30, 40 people in the last two years to figure out who my team is, you know, I haven't always hired the most experienced person. And it's not just because I'm in the coaching realm. Like I hire people in marketing and we hire people in all kinds of things. We have a tech person. You know, it's like, you know, you have like, we have to quit just believing every hesitation that our brain offers up. The other part of that is I like to always ask myself, why would my brain want to focus on this? Sometimes like we just want to normalize why my brain would want to focus on this. It could be a couple things. It could be your brain signaling, like in order to get into this field, maybe while you're looking for jobs and while you're interviewing, you are honing your interview skills. But if you are lacking some kind of experience or knowledge, go shore that up while you keep interviewing and putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and learning how to take rejection like a champ and learn from it. Like all of those are things that can like, you know, help you. The other thing it could be telling you is that you're actually just afraid of rejection. So a lot of times what we do is if we really fear like, well, well I... You know, and if I don't get the job, then I'm going to make it mean what about me? That I'm I'm not good enough or I'm a loser or whatever, whatever our old soundtrack and tape is, it goes on in our head, right? Mm-hmm. 
that's usually why we pump the brakes. It's like, if I'm fe- if I have a fear of rejection, then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reject myself first, and then mm. no one has to reject me. Yeah. But the problem is, is I never learn how to override my own inner rejection. And I never learn how to learn lessons from, like, for every person I've ever said no to. One of the things that we do when, we, when we're hiring is if we aren't going to hire people at our company, we always send them a custom, like, basically, they're, like, not now or you're not ready, or we've gone a different direction letter. And in that, we always give them the one thing that they can work on. Uh, If they ever want to try again. So for all of you who are rejecting yourself first, don't deny yourself the opportunity to one day maybe get rejected by someone like me who gives a crap about you, who wants to see all women succeed, and we'll offer you maybe a key piece of advice that would help you in the future. Doesn't mean everyone's going to do that. But the problem with rejecting yourself ahead of time is you never know what opportunity you're saying no to. You're either saying no to the opportunity to grow because you get rejected. You're saying no to an opportunity. It may just actually work out in your favor. Mm-hmm. You never know when someone is not so focused on experience. They're more focused on how you sell yourself, talent, drive, like how you can problem solve during an interview. You just mm-hmm. don't know. So you don't want to deny yourself opportunities that could be sitting on the other side of you just facing your fear, having some courage and going for it anyway, just believing probably half the crap I'm thinking is wrong anyway. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I, I, I wrote down a couple of things that I think just are really ring true for me. So what is equally true? So what also is true? Yes, there may be people that are more qualified, but what is also true about that hasn't doesn't have to be the only truth. Running kind of our thoughts through that funnel, uh, the self-rejection first so that we don't have to be rejected by someone else. That I'd love to unpack that just a little bit more. Why do our brains tend to go to self, self-rejection first? Is it to keep ourselves safe? Is it to, is it just Condition thinking, is it normal for us to do that? It's very normal. Everyone do that? Yes, it's very normal. This is the human condition. So your brain, like, it's motivated by three things. And one of the key things is it wants to avoid pain. That back in the caveman days, it meant avoiding physical pain. You know, if if I, like, I need to have fear of leaving the cave because something can eat me. Something legit bad can happen to me. So I should really be on the lookout for pain all the time. When I walk out this door, no one's eating me. Like nothing's happening. The worst that can happen is I fall down the stairs because I'm like on my phone instead of paying attention. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just likely to have a, a physical pain anymore. But our brains still operate in a primitive way, it thinks it's supposed to be avoiding pain. And when we don't have a lot of real danger, our brain creates what we call the false dangers. False dangers is, I'm so afraid of what they'll think. The brain doesn't, it's like, that will cause pain. If so-and-so rejects me, then I'm going to think, like, I'm bad. I'm going to think I'm hopeless. I may, you know, like, whatever, like, we'll catastrophize and do all this stuff. That's an emotional pain that we put ourselves through. The brain doesn't know the difference between physical pain and emotional pain. It just registers pain. 
And so its job is to try to avoid it at all costs. Now, in the caveman days, we all had a reasoning brain back then, but we didn't use it much because the reasoning brain could get in our way. It literally could have killed us. If you were just like sitting on your rock as cavewoman, contemplating the day and been like seeing a puma charge at you and you decide like, let me think. Is it going to be friendly? Like, maybe this will work to my advantage. Like, if you did that, you would die. So that's where we're, the reasoning brain, the, the logical part of us, when we're not upset, it's like it does not come on unless you turn it on. Hmm. So we want to now in the modern day age, notice that when we are worrying about something, when we are noticing ourselves, like not putting ourselves out there, having fear of rejection, we need to use that as a catalyst to turn on that reasoning brain to say like, yeah, but what are my strengths? Like, what are the, like, what are the positives of interviewing 30 times, you know, and getting rejected, you know, 30 times, you know, like Mm -hmm. when we switch our brain to that, like we have to turn that piece on. Then what we do is we start intellectualizing all of our primitive fears and stuff. And when you, if you can intellectualize it, then that means you can solve it. If you just run on what you're afraid of subconsciously, you can't solve it. So if you can intellectualize something, you can solve it. I love that. One of the tools that I constantly find myself using now, and I think you introduced this last year, but or the first time I had heard it was last year, but is the four ends. And I was wondering if you could walk us through the four ends because literally this is something that I'm I'm working on every day to consciously train myself because the number of old shitties, which is another Korean term, the, the shitty thoughts that, that come into our brain for trying to keep us safe and trying to keep us from pain. The number of thoughts that I have every day about, around that are, you know, not countable. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm working on, you know, taming those down. And and one of the tools that you've given us is is wonderful in, in, in terms of just recognizing the thoughts and then what to do about them and how to get out of that place of, of, of negative thinking into something that's more positive. So I was wondering if you could walk us through the four ends and maybe using this scenario, like here's the old shitty. I, I don't feel qualified enough to go for this, this, um, this job. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not qualified. Yep. So the first thing, the first end of the four ends is always notice, which is what we just talked about. Like you, you have to be able to hear these things that are happening in your brain. And so for all of you, you are going to have like 60,000 thoughts a day. And so you're never going to hear all of them. Our goal is to just start hearing the ones that we can. So you just want to be starting. It's like you're eavesdropping on your brain. You can do that through journaling. You can do that through talking to a coach. You can do that through just simple listening. Like that's like an amazing way to do it if you're not ready to do the journaling. One thing I want to say about the journaling though, or a whole thing about the noticing of the thoughts is it is so normal to have negative ones. Your brain is very skewed to think negatively. Like so many people think there's something wrong with them because when they start listening, they're like, oh my God, am I broken? Am I the only one that thinks like this? If you ever turn up the volume of your thoughts, you're probably also going to turn up the volume of like shame and judgment and all kinds of other stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is where the second end comes in. Because if listening to your negative thinking causes trauma for you, which means I like, 
I start noticing, I'm thinking I'm not qualified enough. And then the next thing I do is be like, oh my God, I shouldn't think that. I'm never yeah. going to get a job until that yeah. ends. You know, I'm so negative. What's wrong with me for even What's, thinking yes. this? Oh, I All judge it. my thoughts. Yes. If you do that, if you traumatize yourself over listening yes. to your innocent, run-of-the-mill negative thinking that we all have, you will stop listening. No one's going to want to be in pain. If you cause pain over listening, you will not solve things. You will just start not listening again, but you, any thought you're having is running the show. Mm. That's why we need to understand them. So the second N is where we start understanding and it's called normalizing. So instead of being a big old Judge Judy about what we notice, now we're going to normalize it. So we're just going to talk to it. And the questions I love to ask to normalize is like, why is this thought here? Like, what could it be telling me? Where did it start? Did at some point in my past, did someone tell me I'm unqualified? And from that moment on, I was just like, oh yeah, they're right. And then like I forever, my, my story for a long time, which is very similar, which was when I was growing up, especially in my teen years, my mom said that if I didn't go to college, that I would struggle my entire life. Oh, yeah. And I would, what was the other thing that she used to say? Oh, I would struggle my entire life and I would always have a hard time getting a job. So then when yeah. I dropped out of college in one semester, because I'm eloped with some douchebag. <laughs> I am serious. It, like, talk about, no, though. I say it's bad decisions, but I also know that everything happens. That douchebag taught me a lot of lessons. <laughs> I bet you learned a lot. I was going to say exactly. that. Was, he, he, there was opportunity on the other side of that rejection. <laughs> but I operated throughout my 20s and 30s thinking, like, well, I could never have, a, like, a good business. I could, I, I didn't go to college. No one's going to want me. I'm not qualified. That was like a long-term thing. And so I had to normalize, like, it's no wonder I think this all the time. I heard this from my mom growing up, that college was so important. And it would make sense that my brain would be freaking out whenever I want to do something that my mom had said couldn't happen without a college degree. She was just wrong. And then like other things that you can do is you can ask yourself like what, like if I'm sitting around thinking I'm unqualified, what could this thought really be saying to me? And what the thought could be saying is take a class. Instead of like sitting around self-loathing about it, it <laughs> could just something. be like, oh, it's yeah, probably it's just my brain's way of trying to get me to go get some education I might need for this. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have, sometimes it's literally, our brains are just assholes. It's like, instead of saying like, oh, it's not that you're not unqualified. Like here, you just need, like, you just need to go and take this simple class and blah, blah, blah. It'd be great if our brain would do that. But it's mm-hmm. not like, no, you're unqualified. I'm sending you the secret bat signal that you should go get education. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just so, offering you this crappy thought and then you should believe it. And that's yes. a story. Yes. It's our job to listen to those thoughts, notice those thoughts. It's our job to interpret their meaning. Mm -hmm. And I promise every single person that's listening, even your most negative thoughts, the ones that you think are your deepest, darkest, most shameful ones. Like I used to have one about not being a good mother. Mm -hmm. I just swore up and down that I was not a good mom 
that I cost my child's autism. And I just like all day long would just run through my list of everything that was wrong with me. Even those, I was like, I know they're here for a purpose. It wasn't until I tried to figure out what is the well-intended meaning behind something that sounds so asshole. And when I started doing that, it started opening up what else I could be thinking. So we're going to normalize it and it's going to give you some relief. And what it does is it creates a little space between something you just believe like tooth and nail to being like, it just feels really true. But I also know there's other things that could be true. Mm -hmm. So then we neutralize, which is the third end. So notice, normalize, then you're neutralizing. Neutralizing is where you just clean it down to the facts. So I love un- this being stuff. Unqual- yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. Being unqualified is not a fact. Saying what your actual qualifications are is a fact. If there's any skills right now you don't have that this particular job requires, it's not that I don't have the skills. It's like they want this. They want that. That's all that's happening. Being unqualified, not being able to get it, not being smart enough, not being good enough is not any of that. So when we factualize something and we neutralize it, then we have given ourselves a clean slate. We've removed our thinking and noticing and and normalizing, cleaned it up to the actual facts. And then we offer ourselves the opportunities like, okay, I already know how I default think about this. What's going to be my next best thought or action? And that's where I encourage everyone. You have to come up with a very doable thought that feels equally as true as your old one. So if you think you're unqualified, we need a thought that's going to feel equally as true, which is I currently think I'm unqualified, but I also could be thinking they may look at other, like when I interview, there may be other things I bring to the table that are important or it's worth interviewing or it's worth applying to just to see if I'm right or wrong. Anything that's like, well, that feels true too. We always want to hold the two truths together. We want to like give, give homage to old shitty. We don't want to like beat it and think it's wrong or do all that stuff. We just want to be like, you're here and you feel true. But this is equally as true. It just has a better outcome if we go this way. Yeah. So let's follow the new doable truth until we do that enough to where we realize old shitty just like doesn't feel true anymore. That's how we used to think. And I now I've just seen that this thinking is so much more useful. Better things happen. I feel better. That's the best way that we start changing our beliefs. I, I love that. And I love how you just kind of showed with both hands, you can hold both both thoughts yeah. equally and you have the choice to choose one or the other. Yeah. And 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 it doesn't make one thought bad or the other one good, but one has maybe a better outcome, like you said. And and just so much there to to that we could just go on forever. Literally, the this formula has changed the way. That I think it's the reason why I'm here right now, even having this podcast. I had so many doubts and shitty thoughts around starting it. And it took a lot of thought work to even get here. So, but I think this process includes self-compassion. 
So in the normalizing, it's like, of course, this is normal. And and it's giving yourself a break and, and letting yes. yourself off the hook from having a bad thought versus saying this judgment about the thought. And yes. then also just not the black and white thinking. One thing you talk a lot about is, is things are, are not always so black and white and there's the middle ground and the gray and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be either or. So you can hold a really bad or a really shitty thought and you can have a really you know, a much better thought that produces another outcome. But that thought can still be there, the shitty thought. I'm not probably articulating this as well as probably you can, but you're doing just fine. Like, I think, like, if there was like a succinct way to say it, it's like, yeah, you have old shitty use and or but after. (laughs) Yeah. Most people forget like, okay, you just thought something negative and it can mean something else, but it could also mean this. Like just putting those two things onto the end of those thoughts, I always say, old shitty gets to have it say, it just doesn't get the last word. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling, you know, for everyone listening, this is how I got to to lose 25 pounds. This is how I started this podcast by changing the way I think because of Corinne's, Corinne's formulas, because of what you've taught. And I don't think for me, and I think just for humans in, in general, it doesn't come natural to to examine our thoughts, to think about why we think them and choose a better thought. So that's something you really taught me and, and that's just been invaluable and something I'll be able to carry for the rest of my life. So just in, in, in wrapping up and in closing, I, I, I'm really glad you shared the, the four ends and I hope that's something everyone can take away and, um, and, and, and practice on their own. But just in terms of just one thing I love about you, Corinne, is you speak your truth and you you're real, you speak your truth, you, you talk about, you know, ups and downs in your life and you've, you know, you've had quite a year and, and and that's something that just really makes us connect with you. How, how, what would you say to women in the workplace who may have trouble just speaking their truth or saying what's on their mind because of how they may be perceived or judged or, you know, what, what would you say to those women? I think that, Number one is it goes back to that fear, figuring out like if you speak your truth, what are you, who, who are you worried about first? One thing I noticed that a lot of times when I'm coaching people, it's like the first thing we all, we always do this, talk about black and white. It's like everyone will think I'm a bitch. You know, like there's this dramatic, everyone in the world. Everyone. Yes. And so a lot of times I'll just, I'm going to get fired. Yes. yes. I'm like, who are we exactly talking about? Like, if, like, tell me exactly what it is you're wanting to say. And who are all the people that we're now saying it to? And yes. of those people, which, now, which ones, like, and there's always a couple of questions. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but we have the other opinion, other people's opinions chart in one of our programs. I believe it's in the, it's either in self-sabotage or the relationships course, but it's, it's okay. in there. And it's really good because <laughs> it like, when we narrow it down between like, all right, here's what we want to say. Here are the people that we want to say it to. And th- these are the only people that we're actually afraid of their opinion. We want to run that through a filter. Of those people, do we actually care about their opinion? Yeah. Sometimes what we're doing is like, we're hesitant and we're like, oh, I don't, like really even care about this person. And so we can just throw those away. It's like, okay, then of the ones remaining, who do you think's actually going to not like it? It's so often that they'll go through person by person and be like, well, 
well, they're not really not going to like it. And then we get down to like, there's this one or two people that we actually care about. Yep. And then we start asking harder questions like, okay, are we going to continue to let what we think their opinion will be matter more than our own? But if you want to do that, that's fine. Let's just now do it consciously. Let's no longer say it's everyone. Let's just say Joe Blow at work. I choose not to speak up for myself or I choose not to offer my opinion or I choose not to have this conversation because the way he reacts is more important than me talking about it. And when you're really clear with that, what happens is, is like, you just choose that. You can just choose not to like stir that pot or you can be like, I really don't want to be that way. So then you have to be okay with whatever their reaction is. Whatever they say in that moment, how do you want to be there for yourself? Mm -hmm. What is it that you think you'll think about you when they have that reaction? So how can you then be there for yourself? Because we can't control what Joe Blow is going to say. So you just start like going through more and more of those filters. So we just dial in. What are we really afraid of? Who are these people? Is even what we think they would say to us even realistic? You know, most often, so much of it is made up in our minds and we're scared of this really fake scenario we've created. And when we look at it logically, like none of it would happen. Our brain loves to have a doomsday scenario. The moment we, you know, say, I'd like to, I'd like to be off this weekend. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, oh, beat up a bitch and selfish. I can't handle my stuff. And, and I'm just everybody's like, going to like, you know, I don't yeah. know, have anarchy in the streets and pitchforks in my cubicle. <laughs> like, whatever it is. It's like, and then we break it down. We're like, oh my God, I should write for a soap opera because yeah. probably none of this is going to happen. It will never be that. When you give yourself the gift of like running it through and just being like, okay, let's get it to at least the true hard parts. Then you get to work on your courage because most of the time it's just going to take courage to say the things you want. And then then for women, just a side note, we just almost always assume that when we are going to just articulate our needs, that everyone's going to think we're a bitch or selfish. Yes. And we're very, very often wrong about that. Most people are never going to think that. Women are just socialized to believe that they shouldn't have wants and needs and that they shouldn't voice up. These days, we're moving further and further away from that, but that doesn't mean the old social conditioning doesn't still just kind of swim in the waters. I just always tell people, especially women in tech, because you're already going first. Yeah, Like, we get to go first so that generations after us don't have to keep having this cycle perpetuate over and over again. Yes. Well... We get to go first and ending the cycles. Yes. Well, on that note, thank you, Corinne, for being here. But before we wrap up, can you talk just a little bit about the programs you offer and how people can find you online? And if they want to join what you offer or learn more about you and, and, and how to get involved. Where can we find you? Yeah. So if you if you're interested in weight loss, you can go to noviasfreecourse.com and go ahead and take my free course. We've had about a million people go through it. It's very helpful and it gets you started on the basic steps that I took to lose 100 pounds. If you are interested in business, I have a business membership for people who are starting an online business, you're going to market an online business and those kinds of things. And that's nobsbusinesswomen.com. So you can check it out over there. 
All right. Well, thank you again for for being here, for sharing your story and your nuggets of wisdom. I I always learn something new when I when I listen to any of your talks and you give at least one, if not two talks a week. So thank you. And, and thank you for being here. And we appreciate your time. Thank you. Are you curious if your business idea will actually work? Don't worry. I've got you. Your best business idea starts here at hollynoll.com slash free. Go to the link and download my free business action guide. In this guide, you'll map your skills and expertise to build a profitable business idea. You'll solidify an irresistible offer that turns contacts into clients. And you'll implement my step-by-step framework to quickly land your very first client. Thank you for joining me this week on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I am truly grateful to you. For more information on today's episode and this podcast, visit hollynoll.com slash podcast, where you can find links discussed in the show's and connect directly with my guests. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you enjoyed today's show, share your rating on iTunes, or if you'd rather tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. And remember, check out my free business action guide at hollynoll.com slash free, or for more business building tools, visit the consultant code on Instagram. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.